Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, Stephen Eisenbeis was sworn in for a second term as Sitka's mayor, and Assembly members Tor Christensen and Chris Yestad took their oaths of office. The group also recognized outgoing Assembly member Kevin Knox. Knox served six years on the Assembly and did not seek re-election this year. Knox said his departure was bittersweet, as his role on the Assembly, while challenging, was also rewarding. I really, truly believe that local government is one of those bases where many changes can be made. And I came to this position with a focus on equity, um, inclusion, and justice. I also came into the position seeking uh, time to listen and thoughtfully consider a lot of the issues that were being put before the body. Uh, And we have had a whole range of them um, from some really tough things to, to consider to some things that, frankly, were kind of fun. The other piece of this for me, too, was uh, was challenging the status quo. Uh, I really wanted to come in and realize some incremental change uh, to realize change for those who in the past have been marginalized or underrepresented. I will continue to look to this body uh, and to other community leaders to continue with a lot of that uh, that change to address inequity, uh, just representation and inclusion throughout our community. While Knox won't continue his tenure on the Assembly, he says he plans to continue volunteering. Later in the meeting, the new Assembly unanimously appointed Knox to a seat on the Parks and Recreation Committee. The body also approved the resignation of Assembly member Dave Miller and decided on a procedure for selecting his replacement. We'll have more coverage of that decision on Raven News tonight at 518. A timber company run by Yakutat's Village Corporation is dissolving. Yak Timber was created four years ago to harvest 21 million board feet of land owned by Yaktetquan Incorporated. The logging subsidiary has since harvested about three-quarters of that and shipped it to China, according to its website. As Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports, Yak Timber is shutting down after pushback from shareholders on a proposal to log an important island just outside of town. Yak Timber's logging has been controversial in Yakutat, a village of about 600 people in the Gulf of Alaska. As a subsidiary company, it's supposed to extract value from corporation land holdings to fund dividends for shareholders. But Yakutat's tribal and municipal governments, plus a significant number of shareholders, have spoken out against past clear cuts that they feared would damage salmon habitat and endanger their way of life. More recently, Yak Timber has faced backlash over a proposal to log corporation land on nearby Kantak Island. Kantak is considered a barrier island for our community. Mary Knudsen is the cultural heritage director for Yakutat's tribe. It literally sits right in front of town and blocks all of the harsh storms that come off the Gulf of Alaska. And so it prevents us from having high-speed winds and, you know, it protects from tsunamis. Yak Timber planned to log the island by thinning rather than clear-cutting, picking specific trees and leaving most of the forest intact. In a letter to shareholders, parent company Yaktak Kwan Incorporated says the decision to log the island was made in the community's best interest. The corporation says it had hoped to use the revenue from the timber harvest to fund new business ventures and help community members build homes. But that was still too much for many. Knudsen says besides the island being important geographically, 
it's culturally significant. Before we had the practice of burying people in one specific location, we would also cremate them, which would then make the trees culturally modified trees, right? So we haven't been able to do enough exploration over there as the tribe to be able to say where all the specific locations could be. None of the streams that are over there are cataloged by the state currently, so they don't have anadromous protections. That's Hava Roloff, the tribe's fisheries biologist who has been hiking around Kantak. She says even though state biologists haven't recorded ocean-going fish in the streams, they're perfect for coho salmon. It's all ideal coho habitat. It just screams coho habitat. So that's my goal right now is just kind of mapping the whole stream network out there and making sure that if coho are utilizing those streams that they're documented and that they'll be protected. Yaktak Kwan cites opposition to the Kantak logging operation as its reason for shutting down. With debts coming due and no viable source of revenue, the corporation's board says it was left with no choice but to dissolve Yak Timber and sell its assets. Yak Timber and Yaktak Kwan Incorporated did not respond to requests for comment. But some shareholders say they're not to blame for Yak Timbers shutting its doors. If you read the fine print, that's what it sounds like. Is It's our fault that we didn't let them go do this. Jason Jensen is a shareholder descendant who worked for a company that Yak Timber contracted to load its timber onto ships. Pretty much all the shareholders here have the same mindset that it sounds like they're trying to pass the blame on the shareholders for them not being a successful business venture. Jensen says shareholders weren't privy to the corporation's finances and there's been a problem with transparency. Meanwhile, he says the timber company set itself up for failure by taking out loans, acquiring equipment, and getting into more debt without communicating with shareholders. It just seemed like every step of the way there was a roadblock, there was something, canceled meetings, canceled elections, and nonstop stuff in the road to, to block the shareholders from getting the information that they wanted. And so at some point in time, the number came out that there was like $14 million in loans. And the collateral was land that the shareholders never agreed to give up. Yaktak Kwan says the company plans to sell all of Yak Timber's equipment and assets at an auction in Seattle in the coming months. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Cancer is not a simple disease. And when people in remote southeast Alaska get cancer, things may be even more complicated. They might have to travel to specialized care, and that can be expensive and adds additional stress. But an organization in Petersburg is trying to make a tough situation a little easier. KFSK's Rachel Cassandra reports. There is no one map to cancer care. Every case is unique. Marlene Cushing is a retired public health nurse who has seen many cancer patients. There's many different kinds of therapy. Some people need surgery. Some people get chemotherapy. Some people get immunotherapy, which... Uh, the process is a lot like chemotherapy. And uh, finally, some people get radiation. Some get combinations of everything. Christine says that some people just get palliative care. That means care to reduce their symptoms and support them in making the most out of the time that they have left. Christine works with Beat the Odds. It's a nonprofit group under the tax umbrella of the local hospital. They support people with cancer in many ways. Some people get travel vouchers or access to an apartment in Seattle. Others get help with chores. That's a service Pia Riley sees as crucial. 
it was very helpful when you can't go to the grocery store yourself and you don't have anybody else around, you know. Riley volunteers with Beat the Odds. She has lived in Petersburg for decades, but is originally from Sweden, and she has survived cancer three times. Beat the Odds runs a cancer support group in town. It's been many years since Riley had cancer, but she still goes to support others. She says it's a time mortality really comes up for people. I think people need um, to have the hope that even if it's looking, you know, not so good, then there's still hope. It didn't look good for me either, but uh, I'm here after that many years, so. Counselor Leah Stanton-Greger facilitates the support group. She tells me that a new diagnosis can be really overwhelming. There's just the kind of initial knowledge that, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I have cancer, now what? And sometimes that can be so all-consuming that, you know, initially those initial stages are just needing to be able to talk about that and kind of debrief about that reality. People in the support group also share practical information. Often people will look to others, maybe, you know, in the group in particular to say, now what? You know, what do I, you know, what do I do? Or here's what my experience is and have, does this seem right? You know, that this is what my doctors are recommending uh, because there's just so much kind of information coming at them quickly, usually too. Beat the Odds also buys supplies for the hospital. They've purchased comfortable chairs for chemotherapy and special IV pumps and blankets. Riley says these details are important. You know, the hours you're spending up there getting your chemo and those warm blankets really helps. Cushing tells me Beat the Odds pays for cancer treatment training in Petersburg. We've paid for training for the local nursing staff so that people don't have to travel away from town to get that kind of treatment, which is really, really important. Riley was one of those first people to get chemotherapy in Petersburg. I assumed that I was going to have to to go back and forth, you know, to Seattle. Um, so it was a big surprise and it really helped me to be able to be home and um, be strong in between um, treatments because when you're in your own home, you so much easier to heal, right? So being by the water and watch the whales and being in the woods and stuff like that helps. This year, Beat the Odds budgeted over $33,000 for cancer support. The largest amounts will go to travel expenses and medical center training and supplies. Reporting for KFSK in Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org.